Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello, calm parents. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. And today I'm talking with Jesse Junta Rafe, international best-selling author of Life Launch, a Roadmap to an Extraordinary Adulthood. Jesse is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified success coach. She opened her practice 15 years ago at the age of 26, working primarily with young adults. Junta is also a TEDx speaker. Her book, Life Launch, is a 360-degree guide to transitioning successfully into adulthood and includes profound yet practical strategies for coping with anxiety and depression, creating an ideal career, and sustaining healthy relationships. Welcome. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So Jesse, tell us a little bit about how your story and how you got into working with young adults. Well, as a teenager, I struggled a lot. So um, in my family, three of my cousins ended up committing suicide Mm -hmm. just because there was depression and mental illness. And I kind of felt as the youngest one that that was going to be my destiny And I saw some other therapists who felt like they were treating me with kid gloves in that way. And I was getting worse and worse and more depressed until I met someone that really changed my life. It was a therapist who got my family involved and saw my potential and gave me hope for the future. And in working with her, I not only felt better, but realized this is what I want to do. So From there, that's how I ended up becoming a therapist so young. I went straight through grad school, you know, college, grad school, started my own private practice and started seeing young people in my mid-20s. Wow. So you were basically counseling people your age. (laughs) Exactly. I felt like I was this bridge between (laughs) these adults who did not know how to communicate with their teenagers. And then, because at that time I started with teenagers. Now I've evolved more to a little bit older, but um, I still love the teens. And so I was this bridge between the, the adults who did not know what to do with their teenagers and the teenagers who thought their parents did not get them. Yeah. And they don't, right? No. No, they don't. Tell us a little bit. And we talk, you know, we want to talk about communication, but what is causing this big gap between parents and teens? I mean, we were teens. How are we so clueless on understanding (laughs) our teenagers? Well, I I really think it comes all down to fear. So Mm -hmm. because teenagers, the developmental stage they're in, is they're supposed to become independent, have their own thoughts, and separate. So what that looks like is externally is that looks like they don't care, looks like they're not listening, looks like they think they have all the answers, and that is partially because that's what they're supposed to be doing to gain the confidence to make independent decisions. Right. How that gets interpreted by parents 
is that they're not respected. They have no impact anymore. And in order to make any impact, they have to force their teenagers into it or just throw their hands up in the air and give up. So I think that's the main crux. Yeah, I see a lot of that. And you were talking about how, you know, you've worked with teens, but you're the person that really impacted you got the whole family involved. So talk about the difference between working with just the teen and working with the whole family. Well, I think it's great if I was understood by that therapist alone, for example, if, if she could understand why I was feeling sad, why I was having a hard time coping, but that would be one hour a week where I felt understood by an adult. Whereas what I really needed was for my parents to understand my experience. They were the people who were living with me. They're the people that even though I wasn't acting like it, I cared about their opinion more than anybody else in the whole world. So what that did was allow them to come in closer and to give me what I need in order to feel better and cope better and become confident, successful human being. Yeah. I mean, the people that you want and are craving approval from are your parents. Yes. Yes. It seems to be the hardest people to get approval from are your parents. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because they're so scared to give it. They're scared if they give too much, you know, then you're just going to veer off, you know, into some negative direction, but it's not true. No, in fact, it's the opposite because I think I talk to teens who are like, I give up. I can't get my parents approval. So I'm not even going to try anymore. So it does yes. the opposite, right? Yes. Yes. You so, create in therapy. We love to say like you create what you fear. You fear you can't communicate with them. You fear they're not going to listen. You fear they're going to go in this bad direction. So the biggest thing you can do for your teenager is actually when they look in your eyes that they see that you have hope for them mm-hmm. and hope for their future and that they're going to be able to conquer whatever they need to conquer to get there. Yeah, that's so big. And, and I agree with the fear because I believe a lot of parents and I, I mean, I'm a parent too. So I get this is that we want to make sure that our kids are prepared. And so I think a lot of times what we do is we pile on the worst that can happen (laughs) or the feedback, you know, we don't want to soften them or, you know, make them delusional. But what happens is we just crush everything in them right and it's a time yes. to strengthen them but we weaken them when we do that yes yes it's a tricky balance right it like is. how do you not be a dream crusher but at the same time help help them to see what's you know in reality yeah too. so how do we do that like what is what are some tips you have for us to really communicate with our teens because we're trying to help them A lot of times we're not, you know, we're kind of doing the opposite without meaning to. So what are some tips you can give parents to actually effectively help and communicate with their, with their teenagers? So I have, I have three big tips. And, And the first one is picking your timing, because I think sometimes because we're scared as adults to like say the hard thing, we have this urgency and we have to say it right now. And then our teenager has just woken up. Like it happens to be really early for me. <laughs> if you were trying to communicate something difficult to me at 6.30 AM, I, as an adult, wouldn't be able to listen very well. So that, that's number one is really looking for the time where you're already both in a space of having a casual conversation, relaxed, open, there's time. 
So that's number one. And I, I want to add something to that too, because I think uh, I see this a lot where parents get this aha moment. They're like, oh, okay, I know what I want to So exactly that. But what I see a lot of times is they'll text them. They're so excited to share this new information that they text them. The response isn't remotely what they're expecting. And then they're just get upset and disappointed at their teen when we did not set them up to succeed right there. Right. Yes. That's such a good point. Cause it's so hard to read like, you know, the new in text, you can't hear the tone or figure out the nuance of that. So yes, verbal. Yes. Good. Yeah, verbal <laughs> is so important. So we don't get that K back, just that letter K back. And you're like, what? <laughs> I spent all this time crafting this perfect thing. Yeah. I get a K. What is that? Yeah. So you might get a K in person too, but at least you can have that dynamic, right? So I love that. So picking your time wisely and making sure it's a good time for your teen so that you're not setting yourself up to be disappointed, right? Exactly. So what is their next tip? Okay. So tip number two is speak logically and succinctly. A lot of times because we're scared to say something that's hard for someone to hear. This is not just parents to teenagers. This is everyone. There's like big stories and a, a large lead in. And this, this thing is painted and that thing is painted. And, and really, you should just get to the point. Just say what it is. Rip off the bandaid. Get really clear because they're, a teenager's attention span is like this big. So just get there and then get in the conversation with them quick. Mm. That's so important. And the other thing about teens too, is that they're going to have difficulty sussing out what's important in that whole conversation. So we may be like, here's our key point. And they heard this key point way over here that had nothing to do with it that you threw in there. So yes. make sure it's really clear what your key point is, because don't trust your teen to be able to figure that out. So yes. I think that is such great advice and just get, get to it. Otherwise, you've lost their attention completely before you even get such good information. All right. Tip number three. Okay. And then that leads to tip number three, which is make it a negotiation, not an ultimatum. So we are try like, because of the whole fear thing, we're trying to force them into our perspective. But actually, if we've done a good job as parents, then what's happening is they're, um, they get to they get to have some input into how they want their life to be, where they want it to go. And we're just there as a guide to offer a little bit of direction and advice. We're not trying to beat them into going on the path we've chosen. We're trying to, you know, offer some wisdom and they'll hear it and be more receptive to it if it feels like they're on the same team with you working towards a common goal versus you trying to take over their life and force them in into something they don't want to be forced into. This one, I think, is the hardest for a yes. lot of parents because parents have a very clear vision of what they want for their teen, what the right path is for their teen, what they did wrong that they don't want their teen to go into. So, And they've got this enormous fear, like you just mentioned, that their teen is going to make a really bad choice. They don't like the choices. So this negotiation versus ultimatum, I think, is a really difficult thing for parents to be okay with. So yes. What do you tell parents who 
have a very clear vision of what they want for their kids and their kids are just not in going in that same direction. What can you tell parents? I, I would, I tell parents a lot that 90% of the work is done actually by the time you get to the teenage years. So you think you're still in the shaping and molding and, you know, you actually did all that before and now you, and it's, and the ship has sailed. So, so you might as well get on board with helping them realize they're, they're an individual with their own dreams and goals. Now that doesn't mean that parents often in my office, they're like, what does that mean, Jesse? They're going to sit on my sofa and eat bonbons while they pursue their, you know, artistic career that doesn't have any chance of going anywhere. No, I think you should set boundaries that uh, set them up for success. Like they have to earn a certain amount of money or go to school or there's there's rules that they have to live in in order to live in your house and get free food and, and all the other things that come, come with being a part of your household. But when you're in a conversation about, let's say, uh, like whether or not they're doing their homework, you can't force them into doing it. They have to buy into the idea of why it's good for them. Yeah. And it'll be, you'll actually have much more influence than you think if they feel that way, if they feel like, like you're really listening to them and understand them and, and that you mutually respect their opinion as well. That is a big, big one right there. Cause I think a lot of parents, and I'm sure you get this too. I get a lot of parents that are frustrated because their kids aren't motivated, but when it comes down to it, they're not motivated to do what the parents want them to do right? And they have tons of motivation, just not motivated to do what the parents want to do. And the parents want help from me to get their kids to do what they want them to do. And unfortunately, that doesn't work. It's not the way it works, right? And so I think that's a hard thing, too. It's like, well, this is I just, and that's where so much of this disconnection comes is because, like you were saying, parents are still trying to mold, we're still trying to force and the more we try to force them into this box that we vision envision for them, the more they're going to fight back. Yes. And that's so much of the conflict, right? Yes. So when we see our kids pushing back and what we read, and, and you said this, and I agree with you so much, we read it one way. It's not meant that way. So we read a lot of their trying to voice themselves as disrespect, as defiance, as attitude, right? When it's really them. So when we see this and we're experiencing and it's triggering us, what should parents do to get in that right headspace to actually help their kids? Um, Great question. So number one, just take a deep breath because when we're activated, I know I don't communicate the best. If I'm activated, I really try not to have a conversation with my husband, my friend, or whoever is upsetting me in that moment, because the odds are that I'm going to say something that I regret and that I my ears have now closed and I'm not listening to this other person in the same way. So take a deep, you're, you're triggered, you feel scared, you feel angry, take a deep breath and see if you can come back to seeing and feeling your love for your kid and having hope for them. If you can get there in that moment, then you continue forward and you go, 
you maybe you say something like, it feels like I'm saying something right now that's not resonating with you. What's going on that you're feeling defensive? Do you feel like I'm forcing you in? Open the conversation with your teen about the process instead of the content. So move away from the actual thing that you were trying to get them to see from your perspective and start talking about, I want to talk to you where we're both on the same team. So let's get back there first before we try to address this difficult issue. And if you can't get there, I say take a, hey, we're both activated right now. This seems a little charged. Why don't we go take an hour and then come back and try this conversation again? Yeah. Now let's go to the other side of it because I, I hear parents that are in this space. I hear a yes. lot of parents that are in a different space where they feel like they do all that and they're being walked all over. That their, their teens just have zero respect and are just doing whatever they want. And so they feel like they have zero influence or control. What do you tell parents in that situation? I would say then it, I'm big on like, instead of setting boundaries verbally, that the boundaries are going to be um, kind of what I was pointing to a minute ago, like financially, like um, if you want money to go to the movies and hang out with your friends, then get a part-time job or do these chores around the house or get these certain grades that they're standards that they're held to in order to earn freedom. So freedom should be tied to them being accountable adults. And so that way we're not trying to go, you don't talk to me with respect. I mean, they, I would like that, that there to be a conversation with you and your teenager where you're both honoring and respecting each other's opinion. Don't get me wrong. That's really, really important, but I don't, it's more about these are the clear boundaries that we live within so that it's not so that you're never being walked over because if they're not living within those boundaries, then they don't get their freedom, which is the most important thing in the world to them. Right. I think what's really powerful about that too is a lot of times when we feel like we've been, we're being walked over all over, we kind of go to this other extreme where we suddenly try to like control and get powerful yes. and like, mm, which does the opposite, right? What you're yes. saying is you create these boundaries, which you can do out of kindness. Like yes. they're not about punishment. No. At yes. all. They're about guidance, yes. which is a whole different thing. So it can be so matter of fact, like they yes. didn't do it. Okay. Well, you didn't do it. Like, I don't need to get emotionally charged. I like the word charged. I don't need to get emotionally charged. They don't need to get, they might not like it, but they don't need to get emotionally charged either because we already knew ahead of time what was going on. And so I, I want to ask another question because I think this is the other thing parents I see struggle with is setting consequences and boundaries ahead of time because so many yes. of them use it as a punishment after the fact, yes. which does not work. Yes. <laughs> it, it really backfires, right? So tell us a little bit on how do we set up these boundaries ahead of time and communicate them effectively ahead of time? I think that's, a, I'm so glad you said all that. Those are such good points because yeah, in my, in my vision of it, it's neutral. There's no emotion about these boundaries you know, because it just is what it is that, that, that way you can be just having conversations about, you know, moving each other 
um, about love and connectedness and goals and dreams. It's not heated because, because the standard is already set and, the, and you're going to set it ahead of time. So, because if you're, it's going to feel like a punishment if it's, you don't respect me. So now you're going to have to do the dishes and now you're going to have to um, get a part-time job if you want to hang out with your friend. Well, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to be, I don't want to be talked to like that now. So definitely I would not want to be talked to like that at 15 when I have no, you know, less impulse control and less, you know, yeah. you're going to get a tiger back. If you treat me with aggression, you're going to get a growl back. Absolutely. Right. But if you're like, this is how it is. And this way we don't have to fight or argue about it. That way you're clear. I'm clear. Then that's how, then it could take a lot of the emotion out of it. Yeah. And I think one of the key things you just said too, is like, we don't want to be treated that way. So I, you know, a lot of times I think parents have this vision of, you know, well, they're my kids. I treat them the way I need to treat, want to treat them. And that's, you're right. However, they're human beings. So how they respond, you have no control over. And so I think a good boundary or a good kind of guidance is how would you feel if someone treated you the way that you're treating them? How would you feel if your boss came to you and basically punished you after you did something wrong um, in front of everyone, right? Um, Probably not great probably we'd go look for another job, right? Yes. So I think being able to put yourself in their shoes and go, okay, how would I respond in this? Because chances are they're going to respond that way. Yes. So human. Yes. <laughs> and that goes like both ways. That goes with the part of like, we're talking about you, aggression is met with aggression, but also on the other end of the spectrum, if you're tippy-toeing around your kid and going like, oh, I don't know if they're strong enough to hear this. It also kind of like, I don't want to be talked to that way either. I'm like, just tell me if I did something that like you need to address, like, just, just let me know I'm strong enough to hear it. I I, I, want to know, I want to be the best person I can be and be treated as if I'm strong enough to hear that too. Yeah, that's a big one. That is a really big one. And you have that I mean, it's all about conversation and communication, right? Yes. Not having each other, because when we kind of tiptoe around them, they learn to tiptoe around us. And I see this, and I'm guessing you see this too with teens. A lot of teens won't talk to their parents because they, their parents don't talk to them and they don't want to add stress and worry and disappointment. So they just don't tell them. And they yeah. can tell us. We're like, yes. I know your parents want to know this. Like they want to know this information. They're like, oh, I can't tell them. Like that would be too upsetting. It's like, they want to know. Yes. Um, But it's really hard because they keep, they're watching what you're doing. And if you're not sharing information to protect them, they're not going to share information with you for the same reason. Exactly. Tell us about your book. Uh, So I wrote this book called Life Launch, which I'm super excited about because it's basically everything I use a combination of my own story and then the stories of working with my clients and it's everything I wish I knew Mm. in my late teens and 20s in order to create the adulthood that I that I wanted which I did so it's you know it starts with your emotional health and then it goes into your 
career and and your physical health and then it ends with your relationships so so this is written for young adults yes that's great okay what a good gift for people too that are graduating and stuff to give them like here's your skills yeah it's really sweet though my mom's friends who all have like young adult kids they're all reading it and then if they're young adult won't read it then they're interpreting it for them yeah exactly it's like here's what I want to make sure I teach my kids which is so important like this is these are the skills what are like just name maybe like two key skills in there that you have that you would recommend parents make sure that we're teaching our kids I mean, the big thing is it just teaches you like the stuff we're talking, we're kind of talking about today in this conversation, the last, the end of the book, which is like, now how do you effectively communicate? What my book does is the best way to effectively communicate is to be self-aware of your own feelings. Mm -hmm. So the book is kind of like walking yourself through therapy without going to therapy. So it helps you get to the place where you can be more congruent and clear in your communication. That's wonderful. Before we go, any parting words of encouragement for parents of teenagers? Um, have hope that you did a good job and come back to that as your anchor. So just know, like when you're looking at them and you're feeling love for them in the good times, like really hold that in your heart because their odds are they're going to be okay, mm. even if they have to go through some stuff to get there. Oh, I also wanted to say about the um, book that anybody who signs up on my email, the first 10 people that sign up on my email list, I would love to send them a free book. Nice. So sign up for email list, get a free book. That's fantastic. Thank yes. you. We'll put all the links in that information in the show notes so people can do that. I love it. Thank you, Jesse. I'm so grateful you could join us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Absolutely. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens succeed, you can grab my free guide, Seven Secrets to Motivating Teens at AskDrCam.com slash Motivate Teens. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and all the helpful strategies Jesse shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find this show, and I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.